Say, Dave, do you know that One Direction had the number one stadium tour this year? No. Do you know that YouTube won't make the same licensing deal with the indie labels that it does with the majors? They won't. Do you know that Vivo only airs videos from Sony and Universal and does not censor any material? Hey, Steve, how do you know all this stuff? Because last semester I tuned into Music Biz 101 and more on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on WPSC Brave New Radio and heard industry guests talk about all of this stuff. That's that cool show from the Music and Entertainment Industry Management Department on campus that you can call in or tweet questions about the Music Biz, right? It's the only one in the country, and it's a Stitcher Radio podcast as well. Wow, so the show airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. I bet they have great guests lined up. I'd like to learn more about touring using social media and DIY stuff. Just coincidentally, the semester show will include tour manager Dave Laurie, social media whiz Sean Rosenberg, and from Clifton, Sean and Rachel from Blue Raven Entertainment. When's that show on again? Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., live only on 88.7 WPSC, Brave New Radio. And And it's free! We are back after a summer of restlessness after light evenings and warm nights we are back with music biz 101 and more that song you hear is you never give me your money because dr steve marconi and i do not get paid for this gig that's correct (laughs) (laughs) no we did how was your summer day my summer was very awesome i got to go to nashville tennessee memphis tennessee and experience things great musically music city yes Boy, that's great. And I think uh, Memphis is the soul city or something like that. Because mm. uh, that's where... It's not because uh, I found a Motown was Hitsville. Right. Uh, Music City is Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so Memphis, they wanted to make it something, so they call it like soul city or... Uh-huh. Know. I think it's not soul city something, though. Yeah. Maybe I'll get it by the end of the... Your show. Yeah. Oh, our show. <laughs> right. Our uh, producer, Philip Gorohovsky, who is now interning with Z100 in New York City. And what's his name? Um, uh, Elvis Durand, the mm-hmm. third Elvis after Costello Presley. There's Elvis Durand. Who happened to receive this spring <laughs> the Brave New Radio Award. That's, That's right. correct. And here on WP. SC, 88.7 FM, your uh, home of Braveology, and it is also Brave New Radio. Um, but we should also mention, Dr. Marconi, we have a new tagline for this show this, ah. this year. Season two, it is the only free advice music business talk show in America and a little bit more. You like that? Uh, yeah. That's, okay, that's, okay, you came up okay. with the free advice. Yes, I did. That's right. And you only charged me $5 for it. But uh, as we're listening to Music Biz 101 and more, this is what we're talking about, the Music Biz, Entertainment Biz. You can tweet us questions at, at MusicBiz101WP. You may call. Can, Philip, are we taking calls, phone calls? Do we have anybody behind the glass today? Yeah, Philip. Gorohovsky will be taking calls 973-720-2738. And this is a great night to think about tweeting or taking calls because there are going to be there is going to be a giveaway if not maybe even plural there might be giveaways we have one giveaway of two things right so but we're not going to talk about it yet we're getting close we're getting close as we look at our guest and nod and wink and uh let's see what was it see we got that uh we should introduce our student co-host this is not her first time here carrie keller carrie keller And how was your summer? It was great. Was it busy? It was. I interned with Madison Square Garden 
in the bookings and marketing department with entertainment, and it was awesome. And did you meet Mr. Dolan? I did not, but he signed my checks. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, the Dolan family. Right. Well, you, you were interesting because you had an internship that paid you. I did. I was very lucky, yes. It was... Um, minimum wage, but hey, it's a lot better than an unpaid internship. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Philip at, at uh, Z100, this is my are you first paid? one. No. Don't worry. You get paid now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I never got paid on internships. Yeah. Marconi, did you ever have an internship in your life? Actually, my life has been an internship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like we said, we are not getting paid to do this show. We should introduce our guest. Please. Should, should we not? Our guest is Jane Stein, Executive Director, William Patterson University Performing Arts. Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. It is great to have Jane at the show. We are going to spend a lot of time talking with Jane about being an arts presenter and not a concert promoter. And there is a difference. We're going to talk about that shortly. But we want to plug away at... This is going to be a great season because we already have five weeks of guests book, and then we also have commitments from another number of other people. Mm-hmm. Do you want to... You want me to go through the list sure. since it's in front of me? And then you can chime in because that's what you do. Next week, Sean Gilday and Rachel Hill of Blue Raven Entertainment. Yeah, that'll be good. This will be our second time with them. Oh, you're going to... You're going to reveal that, aren't you? <laughs> well, we have a lot of listeners who are aware that Sean and Rachel were on back in April of Was, 2014. Do we have any footage or what would no. you say inches from that? That was a show that was because we have not mentioned that this show is recorded and is downloadable on your mobile device on Stitcher.com Right. and that was one show in which it was not recorded. There were some technical difficulties. But we were on live. Yeah. Yeah. People oh, heard okay. it. The 3.7 million listeners did hear it live. Okay. That was a show that's, you were very nervous because that's when I revealed corrected. that number. Yes. Okay. You don't have to stand. So that's Sean and Rachel. Then and the what week, do they do? They are they well. Sean owns Blue Raven Entertainment. They are a live. Uh, they are an agency. They are artist management, and they uh, they do have, some promotion. Yeah, there. and they also do merch merchandise. Right. So they do a lot of stuff. So that's going to be an excellent. Excellent. And it's really good for any of you uh, do-I-I people because they are in Clifton and he really started from nothing and has built a pretty uh, substantial New Jersey business. So I think you'll find that interesting, our listeners yes. that want to, you know, try to really make some traction with their own careers. When I mentioned the 1.3 million, did I say 1.3 million or was it 3.1 million listeners? 3.7. 3. 3.7. 3.7. So it grows every moment. We already got a tweet from somebody who said the quote of the night, this was mentioned by at Henry J. Perk, and I, that's Jasmine Henry, mm-hmm. who is another MBA student. Quote of the night, Dr. Marconi, my life has been an internship. There See, you go. There's our listener. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine, just like Carrie, Carrie, we did not mention that Carrie is a, an MBA music management student here at William yeah. Patterson the University. Yes. But I may have to correct you. I believe Jasmine is an MM. MM, uh, Master of Music. One right. less letter. That's, That's right. right. And and one letter completely different. Too. And the week sure. after will be. Uh, it's back to that. Uh, Wayne Chernin, who is a senior vice president of sales at Def Jam, Island, and Republic Records. Great. We have never talked about sales on this mm-hmm. program. There is sales. There is something called sales. That's what happens when the record goes I from record company Daniel to retail. I X did away with that. <laughs> did away with the did, point of purchase. Just the streaming, music. right. 
Well, we'll talk to Wayne about that, and we will find out if exactly. his job is in jeopardy or if he still has uh, a future ahead of him. Right. And Mr. Eck is the uh, CEO of Spotify. If Correct. Don't, and don't after that, it. we have Steve Corbin, who is the vice president of category and content development at WIA, Winter mm-hmm. Electric Atlantic, which is another interesting title, VP Category and Content Development. I'm not 100% sure what that is. Right. But Steve will tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, we heard it in the promo, Dave Laurie. Correct. Who is president, CEO. Everybody has big titles. President, CEO of DJL Live Music Productions. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave has a very, very um, long career in the industry and did um, a long stint at Artemis Records with uh, Danny Goldberg. And he brought us uh, Shania Twain from Mercury. Uh, also, uh, Who Let the Dogs Out? If anybody remembers that record, that was really Dave's doing. Uh, and then he switched over to live, and he was a tour manager, did some work with the Perez Hilton, did the first um, Gaga Perez Hilton dates. He was tour manager, so he's got a, a very wa- a varied career. And now, of course, he's also uh, one of the principals with New Music Seminar. I worked with him. Oh, you did? He's oh, at the cool New Music guy. Seminar. I did at the New Music Seminar. That's one thing we didn't talk about. He has a rock and ponytail. Yes. And he's very cool. <laughs> True. Who, who is the artist who did the song Hallelujah? Died? Drowned? Jeff yeah, Buckley. Jeff he managed Buckley. Jeff Buckley yes, as well. Yes, he did. And he actually is involved, I think, with a uh, uh, a documentary about Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. When we saw him, he was talking about he was Correct. in Italy doing something with that. Yeah, he's he's... he's just a, a wealth of knowledge. That's very really cool. Is. And in addition, we'll also have Joanne Shenton, who does licensing at Razor and Tie. Correct, but she's going to have to be a remote person. Okay, so okay, we'll do that from space. Rosie Lopez, who's VP of Tommy Boy Records. Rosie has said she'll be on. Is she VP or is she? President? No, I'm sorry, she's president. El Presidente. El Presidente. That's what I thought. Yes, uh, Bruce Lundvall. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say who Bruce well, is? Well, Bruce Lundvall, his last career was as president of Blue Note Records. But Bruce has been in the industry for probably 40 or 50 years, and his biggest stint was at CBS Records and Columbia Records. And uh, he's not only um, a jazz aficionado, but he also brought us... Um, Nora Jones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I kept wanting to say Laura Nairo, but he didn't. No, that's right. Nora Jones. That's right, yes. And um, he's just a, really a, a, a reservoir of um, information on how this industry has changed and how the industry uh, has been able to continue uh, you know, doing what it does. And that, of course, presents great music in uh, a various configurations uh former co-host student co-host and current student at william patterson university bobby mahoney you can find him at bobby mahoney with an ey just tweeted and said wow these all sound like really cool guests okay i concur carrie keller at i m carrie k-a-r-i Mm-hmm. concurs very good and uh so we'll have more there's also college radio day coming october 3rd 2014 and we are actually this year going to be involved we're going to have an extra show that week mm-hmm. that's a friday at college radio day but we have a huge gigantic big enough jane I, I swear you're not just going to sit here for an hour i'm being very quiet by the way be, the <laughs> biggest announcement before our big announcement there's a bigger announcement jane you should bring up your big announcement that happened exactly th- about three hours ago but that has nothing to do with the music business yet. <laughs> it has to do with family business. Yes. 
Do you want to bring bring up give your big announcement now? Sure. Okay. Wesley Stein was born at five seventeen. My first grandchild. <laughs> Wonderful. Here we go. That's great. And his father was a jazz musician. Wow. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. There we go. Still is. Yes. I was I was going to say it was he's or did. is. Well, okay. he's 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 going to have to do something else now. That well, he's he has doing a, child. a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. Um, so congratulations, Jane, to to the birth of Wesley three Wesley, hours ago. Yes. On uh, we'll always remember on September third, twenty fourteen, Wesley was born. This is an historic occasion. When we have him, when we interview him on September third, twenty thirty four, we will bring him back. All right, Carrie will be. <laughs> Steve, you'll still be with me, right? Of course. There we go. Sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. Now that we actually are talking to Jane, we have we what? can't ask her anything yet. Okay. We we because we have our other big announcement. Ah, sorry. Yes. I apologize. We're gonna Jane. have to do this twice, so we'll have to do it first. Okay. Now, and then once okay. later. So the are you ready, Philip? Tell me when. I'll give you the big. We have a big announcement, and it starts three, two, one. Hey, Dr. Steve Marconi, did you know about our Music Biz 101 and More theme song contest? I did and do, but only because I co-host the show. It probably wouldn't be good for you not to know. We're off the topic. Here's the contest that's open to every listener in America. Not Russia. No, I'm mad at them. It's simple. Submit an original tune to be used as the theme song for Music Biz 101 and More. A panel of judges is standing by ready to pick the winner. Any style of music, right? Right. Vocal, instrumental, it can be funny or serious. Our blue ribbon panel is looking for something that stands out. One of those old love songs in your sock drawer won't win. Because that song probably sucks, right, Steve? Funny. All entries are due by November 5th. And the winner will be announced on our show December 10th. What does the winner get? The winning song will be played at the beginning and end of the show and broadcast live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. here on WPSC. Plus, you'll get verbal credit in each show, and don't forget the podcast. The show is mobile on Stitcher Radio, so if you win, you can have your parents hear the theme song from their phones and then listen to us interview the best of the best of the music and entertainment industry. This is how Justin Bieber got his start. No. This is how Lady Gaga got her start. No. This is how Paramore got their start. No. But it might be the start of your career. Tweet us for details at MusicBiz101WP or go to our contest page, MusicBiz101WP.com backslash theme song contest. Do it now. And we're serious about that. You should do it now. Today is the big announcement. If you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com, look up in the search bar to the right, type in theme song contest, and you will see everything we knew. Steve, what kind of music are we looking for for this theme song for our radio show? Great. Great music. Great music. It can be any kind of music. Any kind of music. It can be... String quartet, Mm -hmm. four bassoons, an oboe, two oboes, in unison... Oh, maybe not. <laughs> but any kind of music, yes. I already know a uh, harpist who's talking to us, uh, who might send us something in Spanglish, mm-hmm. um, which is very cool. Uh, but it can be atonal, it can be totally tonal, it can be a cappella, it can be wide open, funny, it can be anything, yes. anything. And uh, you'll go to this website, our website, look that up, and you can exactly see where you need to send your, uh, your entries. Uh, all entries are due by November 5th. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have our Blue Ribbon panel um, spend a couple of weeks. Then we're going to announce the first round of winners. And then the final winner will be announced on December 10th. Great. And the, you want to know what the winner's going to get? Oh. Jane, what do you think the winner's going to get besides lots and lots of Probably money? tickets to? Tickets to see Jane Stein at her office work very hard. They're going to get, the, well, their song will be played at the beginning and at the end of every Music Biz 101 and more radio show. That's obvious. Every week we're also going to say, 
give them the credits. Our theme song was composed by whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get them on the website. Uh, we're going to create it. Send out. We have a great uh, email list that we send out mm-hmm. to every week, and people can sign up if they want to tweet us. And then their picture is going to be on the, our uh, Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Instagram page. They'll be a guest host on our January 14th show, 2015. And we'll also uh, make a YouTube video out of their song. And then finally, we will include them in our Spotify playlist. Great. Which is shared by many people around the world. So there's some cool things yes. that they get on the radio. Everybody always is saying, how do I get on WPSC? How do I get on the radio? How do I get on the radio? This is how you get on the radio. Exactly. For heaven's sake. Steve, would you please introduce our guest? Well, our guest has been introduced already. We're here with Jane Stein, who is the director of University Performing Arts. And uh, Jane, why don't you tell us how you got into this racket? Not basically necessarily WPU, but how'd you get into this wonderful business of presenting the arts? And presenting the arts. And it is a wonderful business. Everybody who gets into it never wants to leave. And that's why there are no... No, there are jobs in the arts, but... (laughs) <laughs> I actually got into it, and I, I, I think I said something about this in, in um, business and music class, um, through a volunteer position about 23 years ago. I segued from news into public relations and then had an opportunity to do some work in one of my kids' schools many years ago, and it kind of snowballed, and it, one thing went to, from one to another to another. And I wound up as a professional arts presenter. I went from running a large arts and education showcase that was held at Montclair State every year to uh, doing programming at the Montclair Art Museum mm-hmm. to being head of programming at the Newark Museum for a number of years where we did jazz in the garden and a mm-hmm. number of other uh, children's theater, um, exhibition-related programming, and moved from there to become the first director of the Berry Center at Ramapo College when it opened in 1999. Mm -hmm. And I was there until I came here two years ago. Great. So the difference between, for our um, audience, the difference between a concert promoter and an arch presenter? We get paid. (laughs) (laughs) We don't leverage our own money when we have performances. So... Blue Raven, since you're speaking about Sean Gilday, mm-hmm. actually, uh, we're going to be doing some business with him in the spring. He is bringing his Eagle Mania tribute uh. here, and that's what we call it. We're, we're doing a co-pro. We are um, going to guarantee him a small amount, but then he is assuming the, the, the large part of the financial risk, and mm-hmm. concert promoters assume the financial risk. So they may, they generally don't have their own venues. They may use different venues. They'll rent different venues. Um, you know, on the, on the large side, you'd, you'd look at John Schur and Metropolitan Talent. Uh, mm-hmm. And he will go about, you know, to NJ Pack or Town Hall or the Beacon Theater. And he will spend the money from his company, from his pocket, to produce a show and, we don't do that as arts presenters. We, I, I'm not a, pro, I'm not a producer, and I'm not a promoter. Mm-hmm. A presenter is someone who books touring artists, and we generally have one venue, mm-hmm. mostly, or a number of venues in one place, 
and our artists come in into those venues. And and these are some of the shows are one and dones where they they come in, they do one show and they leave. We may bring in, you know, if we were not so close to New York, we would do Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, touring Broadway. And a lot of theaters around the country will bring in a Broadway show and and keep it in the theater for a week. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't do that. We're too close. People can run into the right. city and see Broadway. It doesn't make sense. So there's no financial risk. Well, in a way, then William Patterson University is the promoter. William Patterson University is the, I guess, the promoter of record. They're assuming more of the financial risk. Mm -hmm. We try to minimize the financial risk. And the way we do that is we try to do an analysis of what our demographic is, what our audiences are, what their profiles are, the, the demographic, the psychographic, and what our... Ticket buyers have been responding to. Um, the, we can kind of look at our analysis at the end of a season and see what sold. And, you know, unfortunately, I watched over the years of 23 years of arts presenting, I watched a lot of my colleagues, you know, cut cut back on the amount of jazz they were presenting because mm-hmm. they all said, well, jazz doesn't sell. But, you know, this is, it's so wonderful to be here where, the mission is the music. You know, right. it, it really is. And it isn't just about how many seats we fill, although we, we're building up. We're building up as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's we, we try to minimize the risk by bringing in some of those cash cows that can kind of support some of the lost leaders right, and the, sure. the cultural programs sure. we want to present. We would, I mean, we, we would uh, certainly, I think, uh, not in any way... Um, maybe overemphasizing this, but the majority of symphony orchestras outside of the big five or big seven really rely on their pop series to pay the bills for much of the standard repertoire concerts. It's true, because certainly the contributed income, the fundraising part of things, has been decreasing over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, you really, you really need to... You need to have diversified revenue streams, but you can't count on the contributions. I know a lot of symphonies were counting on the contributions, and we've seen actually some of them fold. Sure. Opera companies, symphonies, ballet companies fold over sure. the years, and it's it's terrible. It's really been that way since 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, we just haven't seen that part of the community come back. Mm-hmm. You know, the corporate contributions, very hard to raise money for arts. You know, they look at health and they look at education. Arts are a little harder. Now, if I was... Looking at this from, uh, we'll step take a step back and look at this. I would say that the, um, I guess any experimenting with types of ticketing or ways of getting fannies in the seats, as they say, are, are certainly being done by a majority of promoters who are promoting the, um, you know, just promoting pop music for a large umbrella. Right. Uh, but I haven't seen much experimentation really on the classical side or the presenter's side. They seem to be stuck in this 19th century model. You go up to the window and you pay and you get a ticket and you get a seat with a number on it and you sit down. Right. But you're making the assumption that people, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about pricing that kind of reflects the way airlines do pricing. Yeah. So that the farther out you are, the, the cheaper your ticket is. As you get closer, the seats are getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of models like that, but unfortunately, they work 
in that very high demand market. Exactly. The market where the artist, kind of those tickets are going to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. And really, the promoter is just taking advantage of that market. Mm-hmm. When you have um, cultural programs that maybe are not as popular, or you have names that may not be household names, um, which often we have to kind of educate our audiences about it, mm-hmm. they're not running... You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to buy mm-hmm. it way out thinking, my God, if I don't get there, you know, if, I, if I'm if i a week out, I'm, the ticket's going to be higher and I won't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's The model, unfortunately, doesn't work with those kinds of artists. There is a, a model that they've been using in Canada. They've experimented with in Canada, and that's pay what you wish on the way out. Well... <laughs> Notice uh, those who didn't see this. Jane rolled her eyes at that one. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, you know, you have to be able to afford to take that risk. Yes. And um, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I am fiscally responsible for this program. I would be a bit nervous about it, although, you know, you probably could stand at the door and and make people feel guilty as they left. <laughs> right. There's another, uh, there's a website called Fill a Seat. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that too, but that has to, that's more with local, right. not not very high level talent, but local talent and so on, where people almost, it's almost a subscription model where they can, and they'll get this seat, and sometimes the shows will be, you know, pretty good middle level acts and sometimes they'll be lower acts right but they take the chance i mean you know uh well you have to build that trust up first exactly so they have to know it's just like with manhattan theater club you know that maybe one or two are going to be clinkers but you know they have a reputation that a lot of the the plays are going to be great if you Mm -hmm. if you take a subscription you're going to get some great theater out of it you'll get your money back um it's a matter of building trust. Right. It really is. Of course, it leads us to this other issue, which some of my fellow presenters around the country don't necessarily have. We are in probably the densest market in terms of performing arts centers and numbers of events and artists of any area in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who was head of uh, one of the very big theaters in our state. I won't name it, but mm-hmm. he has he left for another state where he's head of a another equally large theater, and he misses New Jersey, but he said, I don't miss that that dog-eat-dog, you know, competition. competition for artists, competition for audiences. Um, it's really a pleasure to be in a place where when we put a show on our stage, we have audience in the seats. Mm-hmm. They want to come because it, it, there aren't a million things going right. on. So, do you have any um, in contract in the rider or such, is there anything that you have ever used where the artist cannot play 25-mile radius within two weeks sure. or whatever? Well, we do. We have we all have radius clauses. Um, generally, our standard contract, um, often we use the artist and the, the artist contract. Our contract is 90 days, 50 miles. But uh-huh. unfortunately... That's tough. That's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. And what happens is we're we're it's a pretty tight knit uh, field. Mm -hmm. We all know each other. Mm -hmm. We're fairly collegial mostly, (laughs) um, and we will work together. um, You know, if if this so and so is doing this artist this this year or this season, you know, we'll say 
the other one can do it at another time. Uh, but we all have radius clauses. Right. And yep. unfortunately, it, it isn't just, you know, it's great. The performing arts centers, we know this. This is, the, this is our standard operating procedure. This mm -hmm. is the way we work. Mm -hmm. But when you have libraries getting into the arts presenting business um, to try to bring people in, right. uh, unfortunately, sometimes they don't understand that that's an issue. And Who's smaller... The, you mean the libraries when you the say libraries, they? libraries, yeah. Okay. And if the artist... Sometimes, if the artist is coming from another part of the country, they may not know that you know a particular library is right near your venue. It may, mm -hmm. and it may have been a small booking. It's something outside of what their agent would normally handle. Right. But we were in a situation where we actually wound up. We had a show booked last year, and the artist left the agency, oh. and. <laughs> Phone's ringing. The Somebody's artist, calling Steve. Yeah. The artist left the agency and started booking a few shows on his own. And it turned out that he had booked the show uh, right around the corner. Wow. <laughs> so we wound up canceling our show because uh -huh. he was already performing at this other place. Right. And we said, we, we can't have this happen. Right. And it is problematic. You know, we can sometimes we can block book with like I can book book with my colleagues at the Newton Theater or um, at the Count Basie Theater, mm -hmm. or at SUNY Purchase, or mm -hmm. at the um, Tarrytown Theater. Mm -hmm. Explain block book. Block booking is when you um, you put together a number of dates for one artist, and you kind of route them. And sometimes if you do that um, among your colleague, the agent will try to do that. But if the, if your you and your colleagues can do it, you often can then go to the agent or the agency and say, "Look, I've got four bookings in this week and a half period, um, and this is the amount of money we're going to collect from it." You know, and often and and then you kind of apportion it mm -hmm. out depending on the size of the venue, um, the day of the week. Of course, a weeknight is cheaper than a weekend right. night. And I, I've worked this way with a number of my colleagues in the field. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I, SUNY Purchase, um, we, we booked an artist, and they were a larger theater than I was at Ramapo College. And I got the, I got the cheaper fee because I had fewer seats. <laughs> so it, it worked out well. Um, I know that Montclair State has a, an arts fee for their students. Yes. And we do not have one here. No. Is there one at Ramapo? Uh, no, there is, of course, a student activity fee. Right. Um, we have that here, too. Right, right. We... And sometimes, and student activities um, often would partner with the Berry Center at Ramapo to purchase a block of maybe 100 tickets right. to a show and then give them out to students. But they'd have to come night of and pick them up at the box office. So that was one way of right. kind of reaping some of that benefit. But yes, Montclair actually derives um, so much revenue from that performing arts my, fee. My son went to, did not go to one performance. He didn't go to a performance. No, and he had a fee every single semester. Yes. Um, 40 or $60 a semester. Right. Whatever it was. Right. Um, it's generating untold amounts of money. Quite um, a bit of money. They do, they do have... Um, they have a very um, unique program there, mm -hmm. and um, yes, and that is it's 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 a very different model from uh, the general performing arts center, mm -hmm. regional arts mm -hmm. center, and it's very special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have uh, a question that's sort of uh, asked by a couple different 
listeners via tweet. Uh, one, Eric DuPont and also Bobby Mahoney. Uh, the general question, Bobby's was, what are some things that you're looking for when you're booking acts? And then specifically, Eric wanted to know, um, how are performers for events such as the Jazz Room series chosen for each semester and how is pay negotiated and things like that? Well, that's part of the art of, of, of being a presenter. Um, you're looking at a number of factors. Certainly, sometimes the arts presenters own experience with artists or a little bit of their taste may come in, but it is informed by the demographic, the the sales history that you get from your database, which is in your box office software, um, what's playing around you. Here, I always have to look and see who's going to be appearing where and how long ago they were there or how soon they're going to be back. Um, did they play in the park for free? <laughs> we want to avoid that as much as we can. And um, also what, you know, it, this Wayne is a different area from Mawa, from Morristown, from uh, Englewood. You know, there we have, because we have so many performing arts centers in the state, arts, arts are hyper-local. And people really get to the point, unless it's like a, you know, an incredibly huge artist that everyone will flock from miles around to see, um, they kind of want to go, they'd like to go to their own backyard. So you really have to know who your audience is, and that certainly informs us. I know that I have learned in Wayne, I, if I did a doo-wop show almost every week, we would do very well. It seems to be extremely popular. But um, bringing up the jazz uh, issue, I've been a jazz presenter for over 20 years, and I was very excited to come here as just a thrill to be able to work with Dave Dempsey and Pete McGinnis and Tim Newman and all the whole, you know, Kenny Garrett's coming now, um, to have the whole jazz community here and to have this, you know, it'd be so important to have 17, we have 17 jazz concerts a year. It's a dream. Mm -hmm. um, so really it was Dave and, and the jazz faculty who were doing the booking before I got here, but as soon as I got here, we kind of work as a team now. And we have meetings um, before the, each season. We sit down and we come in with our lists, three of us, like Pete, Dave, and I, or in the summer, Tim and Dave and I. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting is that I would say at least half of our lists are exactly the same as each other. Wow. We have very, very similar ideas. What I have had uh, tried to, uh, as far as my own marketing take on it, to bring to it is some artists who have a larger following, like Gregory Porter, which mm -hmm. was, this was interesting. Gregory Porter, who was here um, this past season, last year, right. um, kind of exploded now. He's gone platinum. Yes. Uh, and Gregory, I, I have to say that my son, Alex Stein, was the one who brought him to my attention because he had played with, he had, they hung out down, you know, in the different clubs. They were playing together right. and knew each other. And he said, this guy is great. So we brought him in and I think we did 650 seats for mm -hmm. Gregory, which was for one of our jazz room concerts was a great showing. The only other one so far we've done that many for was the Count Basie Orchestra. Mm -hmm. We had people the night of Gregory Porter who came here. One woman came from North Carolina. Someone came from Pittsburgh and someone came from Maine. Wow. He has a following on people. There was one woman who came from North Carolina, said she followed him everywhere he went. 
Gregory Porter groupies. So right. we really hit it big. But of course, we we paid a certain fee for him that we jazz room could afford. And after the concert, it was great. I called his agent on the West Coast. I said that it went so well. It was really fabulous. We really like to have him back. Well, his fee had just gone up to twenty thousand dollars <laughs> overnight. Thanks to you. <laughs> what had it been before? Well. Yes. We, we, you know, well, there's we, nothing wrong with it. All she has to do is say, I can't answer that. I can't answer that. There no, I, I, I generally don't talk about fees. I certainly wouldn't do it over the air, but I will tell you that, you know, that's what they were quoting. I would say, right. just know that it went up quite significantly. <laughs> it would be cool if she gave an actual percentage, then our well, mathematicians would yes, be able to. Yes, yes, you can, you can well, figure yeah. it out. Another question, too, yes. as, as a presenter or even the promoter, is. Where is the uh, level where you trust the agent that that's the figure that the performer will go out for? Or they certainly, it's like you're selling a used car, it's $20,000, and then they really go out for eight or seven. Well, first of all, a quote is a quote. You know, mm-hmm. you, you negotiate from there. But there's, there's two things that are important. There are some agents where one size fits all. This is the fee. He's not going out for anything less than this. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is you have performing arts centers that have 350 seats and performing arts centers that have 2,800 seats. Mm-hmm. One size doesn't fit all. You know, your potential ticket revenue is significantly different when you're looking at different size venues. The agents who are the best agents understand how to work with presenters and will work with you in terms of, you know, knowing what your comfort level is with your budget, knowing... Um, how large your venue is. And, you know, sometimes what you do in that situation also is you have a lower guarantee with the potential for a back-end deal. And the back-end means that once we make back our expenses, then a percentage gets split after that. Yeah, it's called a split-point deal. Correct. And so everyone walks with more than they, you know, than they have. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so... You know, what we're doing in that situation, you want more money for your artist, you think he's going to sell, you think he's worth it, you take some of the risk, Mm -hmm. okay? I shouldn't be the one taking all of the risk. Mm -hmm. And so we do that. Um, But, you know, of course, there are artists who get a lot of money. And and certainly in this state, most of the performing arts centers, you know, our budget, you know, I'm much more comfortable at a lower figure. I'm not walking, I'm not looking to spend Fifty, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars on an artist. Some of my colleagues can do that, mm-hmm. and it's great. And I, I, but I'd be nervous every night. I'd be biting my nails out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, who do we have coming in that so, you're excited about? I'm excited. So we have on October seventeenth. We have the Capital Steps coming. Speaking uh, of the Capital Steps, yes, we are going to be giving away a pair of tickets to. Tonight, to the Capitol Steps coming October 17th. If someone can answer what? Why was it, do we do that or do we have like the 615th caller? Come oh, poor it. Phil. What would um, you say? Do it via tweet. We're, via tweet. We, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask a question to our audience based upon something that you just said. Okay. And let's see, see who is listening. How about if you can tweet us? And the address is at MusicBiz101WP, the first person who can tweet us with the, with uh, what an art presenter is. How about that? Okay. Do you like that? Sure. Jane, you happy with that? I hope they can answer that in just 
A few characters. <laughs> you have 140 characters at Music Biz 101 WP. What is an arts presenter? Whoever gets to it first receives a picket, uh, pair of tickets to the Capitol Steps. October 17th. Okay, Friday. next. And also we have the great John Sebastian, formerly of the Love and Spoonful. Ah, I worked with him when he was young. Oh, he's... I guess I was young, too. You were young, <laughs> but you probably could still sing also. <laughs> I actually don't know what came to mind, but I did work with him. He was a solo act by that time, actually. Yeah. Well, we're very excited to be presenting him here. And actually, we he's part of our onstage Cafe at Shea series, which was we inaugurated last year, uh, where you are seated at tables on stage in oh, Shea. Cabaret. We have an elegant buffet and an open bar. Mm. Beer and wine, open bar. And... Um, Unfortunately, the John Sebastian uh, show on stage, all the table seats are sold out. Wow. However, we are still selling. And what's the date on that? The date on John Sebastian is November 1, 8 p.m. Sold out already? Wow. Sold out That's on great. stage. On stage. But we are still selling the orchestra. Right. So tickets are available, mm-hmm. and he puts on a great show. Now, how, how do we get tickets? Tickets. You can call the box office. You at nine seven three seven two zero two three seven one, or you can go online at www.wp-presents.org, or you can come to the box office at Shea at three hundred Pompton Avenue. I'm sorry, Pompton Road <laughs> in Wayne, New Jersey. And we the- could. Probably you could probably wrestle it out of the wpunj.edu website too. You could. Yeah, I mean it would take. A, it the, would take a little more the, to the kind norm, of dig in. The normal yeah. William Patterson eighty four clicks. Yes, but you if, you just, if you just if you just Google WP presents, you'll you'll get to us. So. Um, could I ask you a question? Go yes, back to the John Sebastian just uh, about the. The, the inner workings of it. You mentioned with that show, you have you're serving alcohol. Correct. How are you able to do that at a facility? Does the school have a liquor license that like moves from room to room or something? The, How does that the work? The school, the Sodexo, does have a liquor license. Um, I think they have either we pay for the night the liquor license, or they may be now we may be covered in their blanket uh, liquor permit. Uh, and of course. If you look young, you will be carded. So, right, okay. yeah, I would say that, you know, most of the people on stage have been over the age. So Sodexo, yes. which is a major uh, international supplier of food to schools and, and, and institutions, things like correct. that, um, they get a blanket liquor license for an individual institution. Correct. And of which- well, for different – and it only extends to certain areas – so um, in the student center, there are certain areas where that their their alcohol permit covers them. Uh, I believe they've extended it to us, mm-hmm. or we pay for it, one mm-hmm. or the other. No, but I think it was being they were applying to extend it to the Shea Center mm-hmm. so that we could do this, and it's been very very popular. We um, we had a Valentine's concert last year, even though um, most people were snowed in, but it went forward and. No one canceled. It was fabulous. So great. it's also the Onstage Cafe at Shea. It's a great series. Uh, we have Amy Helm in the spring, mm-hmm. uh, daughter of Levon Helm. Mm-hmm. She'll be back. She, she did one of ours last spring. She was so fabulous. We're having her back. We have, um, for Valentine's Day, we have the great Catherine Russell, Cat Russell, 
whose father was Louis Armstrong's musical director, hmm. and she is an amazing, amazing vocalist. Um, Great. So that's in the spring. But in the fall, we also have, speaking of being on the radio, we have the co-host of Radio Lab, NPR's Radio Lab, Robert Krolwich, who will oh. be doing an incredible multimedia program on the crazy things that have happened on Radio Lab. He is so funny. Audiences roll in the aisles from really? him. He'll be doing our Distinguished Lecturer Series. Uh-huh. And that will be on November 14th. So the way you break up a season, you have, if you look at it sort of high and then low, you have a full season of X day to X day, and you can tell us when a season starts and ends. Within each season, you have different series that Correct. run, and Correct. you might have three or four or five. I know you have children's programming and sure. what, what's done for the school. How how long does a season, when does a season begin? Is it like a baseball season? Is it six months? Is it 12 months, like a fiscal year? How does well, that work? What we what we really find is um, we used to start earlier in September. It's tough because people are getting back. It You know, you really kind of need to take a running jump. So we, we kind of put it off, and our first um, event is for our ticketed events is in October, and that will be one of the family performances. But we run from about late September, early October to the second week of May. And that sort of is optimal. Once school is ending, we are kind of ending for the season as well, except for our summer jazz week. Um, But in terms of looking at the season, you know, you have kind of a number of events you want to, to present during the course of the year, and you divide them up. I I always believe that the best way to reach a broader audience is to do a really diverse series of programming. So we really try to get something that will appeal to different tastes. Mm -hmm. And it isn't always my taste either. You know, I mean, there are a lot of shows that you bring in that you because you know that audience is there and mm-hmm. that's what what I try to do to get a balance between the family programs the acoustic music the um electrified music uh the jazz of course and um some theater we are unfortunately not a great dance stage we don't have the things you really need to have a major dance company on the stage mm-hmm. uh we don't have the sprung wood or the marley or the wings or the crossover so it's a little harder to present dance on our stage, mm-hmm. but what's Marley? A Marley is a co- floor covering that is uh, smooth, that's rolled out, that the dancers use when they perform. Carrie, you knew what a Marley was, didn't you? Bob Marley. There we go. Yeah. Biggie. <laughs> He's Ziggy hard to find right. these days, though. Unfortunately, he is. But we could have the Whalers. You could. They are touring. <laughs> um, so, if someone wants to see. Uh, everything that's being presented, what's the website they would go to? WPPresents.org. Uh-huh. All right, great. Carrie, you have any questions for Jane? Well, I was thinking since, you know, we were on the whole topic of the liquor license and all of that, you know, the artists that come in, they have their writers. Right. And a lot of artists you see these days are asking for alcohol and they're asking for extra things and they're asking for, you know brown M&Ms and that's it. You know, how as a university do you deal with those requests that are in the rider, you know, that we can't, we might not necessarily have the budget for that a different venue would? Well, it's not only just the budget. As a state institution, we cannot buy alcohol. Right, exactly. And so we're, we're very liberal with the red pen 
as soon as we get those writers, we cross out all alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my and in this business, our friends, we always say to each other, no stocking the bus. In other words, when you start to see these writers that look like someone was going to the A&P, that's really what it is. Yeah. They are looking to stock their tour buses, you right. know, so they want, you know, 10 packages of cookies and, you know, uh, 12 boxes of green leaf tea. And, you know, it, it didn't, really, didn't you really do that at the, for the debate. Yes. He <laughs> ate the rider. Was, <laughs> he was stocking his food truck. Yes. Yes. Sorry yes. I interrupted, but it was just, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, we, it's negotiable, you know, they're, you know, you, you look at some of these writers, especially the writer that the agent sends out. You have to realize if the artist is going on tour and the agent is sending out the same writer to every venue, can you imagine how sick that artist <laughs> is getting mm-hmm. of the food that he's going to be eating every single night that's specified in that writer? It's yeah. the same chicken dish right. or the beef dish. Well, usually the, they yeah. do an odd even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd, right. uh, you know, for the days, of the, the date on the calendar... The menu does not even. Menu not always. No, right. Well, it <laughs> I, I, how big they are. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what, it was. What always... should be also um, mentioned that when an artist is on tour and this becomes their home uh, and the crew, you can't have them work eating at McDonald's. Because no, no, we take get care sick of them. And they're going to. Yeah. It just, it, you know, it's just like not providing showers for, for setups. So should there be a huge, um, you know, production that's coming in or something. Um, so, you know, when you read writers and you see some of this stuff and most of them have to specify if they're kosher, if there are vegetarians, if they're vegans or whatever, um, when you realize that if they're, you know, this is really what they're doing. It's not like you and I, we go home and then we can eat right, if we right, didn't right. eat. This is it. Uh, you really, I think you get a little more sympathetic about making things nice you for do the, for the... and well two things number one first of all if you invited someone to your home you know that theater is our house you know you invite someone into your home you're you're going to take care of them al schaefer who's director of operations advances um all the contracts and the riders and he does the hospitality he's the liaison with sodexo mm-hmm. he also goes out to wegmans and you know gets some right. of the other things that right. they need and he takes great care of them and um you know, people are always very complimentary about the way they're treated in our theater. We treat them really well. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. tech crew is incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Really mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a crackerjack bunch too. of people. Yeah. I have a question from a student. Did we yes. get an answer yet? We still have not. Got, let's ask the question again. Very, very, all the of a sudden, the tweets have maybe? suddenly or stopped. What? Pardon Do me? Do we talk about the capital steps? Do they know... The Maybe capital steps. Are, Jane, Jane, explain. I'll talk about the cat. They funny. are a group that was founded. They were some Washington interns mm-hmm. originally, and uh, they put together sort of a a roast, a review, and this grew out of that. And this is the funniest spoofs on what's taking place in Washington and around the globe right now. And I've seen them. Oh, yeah. They are uh, so Previously, funny. and they are hysterical. They are hysterical. So it, it is the funniest comedy, you and some improv, um, that, but, but more scripted, which I like personally a lot also. Um, it's because the improv may depend on your audience that night, and it can go this way or that way. This is just funny the whole way through. Uh, so so it's, a, it's really a parody on what's happening in Washington, D.C. 
Yes. Right. And it's really from 8 to 80 would get a kick out of this. Yes, definitely college age is very hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's two tickets for Friday night, October 17th. Yes, it is. It's a, Saturday night. Is it a Saturday? Think. Is it a Saturday Let night? Let me, I will confirm. Maybe I'm wrong. I may be wrong. It's if I am wrong, I am way. certainly open. No, I, you, you What did I wrong. say? Yeah. I said this, did what, uh, okay. Yeah, anyway, so we are October, Friday night, October 17th. Oh, it is 17th. Friday night. Okay, good. Yeah, so we go. That's right. They're at Raritan, I think, Saturday night. Ooh. Okay. Okay. There we go. Uh, so that's the capital set. A pair of tickets. The value of these tickets is about, I was looking online, uh, anywhere from 70, I think 35 tickets, bucks $35 a ticket. $35 a ticket. Yeah. Okay. So this is a good one. You can give them to your parents if you, you know, yeah. tweet mm-hmm. us. So maybe we need to simplify the question. What what question do you think would be the best question? Well, just. Um, Who's buried in Grant's tomb? <laughs> <laughs> Warren G. Harding. <laughs> Let's see. Um, since we were talking about the difference between an arts presenter and an arts promoter, give me a one word, uh, just once, one line difference between the two. Okay. Okay. One line. Carrie one line. could do that in her sleep. Carrie Keller. Didn't you, Carrie? Could. Student co-host. And then put the tickets on eBay. Right. And then, yeah, you could sell the tickets. You could do whatever I, you want with I these tickets. I would go. I would go. I would go. Yeah. You, you should go. You should go. Yeah. It is a great, it's very, very tickets. funny. I sort of, I mean, I wish well, I was participating in, the, in this contest right now, but that would be cheating, and we do not support cheating. Don't <laughs> yeah. cheat. Yes, any establishment or anyone who's won in the last two weeks here at WPSC <laughs> that's, is that's ineligible. Right. <laughs> um, so, Radius wh- class. Radius <laughs> class. So please, somebody, let's get these oh, tickets. Oh, you know what else yes. we have going on this, this, we have mutts gone nuts. Dogs? Dogs. Oh, wow. All the animal lovers out there rescued, uh-huh. at nine rescued canines that are doing, that just are fabulously hilarious. Funny w, dogs. W.C. Fields said. <laughs> Never share the stage. and dogs. <laughs> or animals. Mutts animals gone nuts. Wow. That's for it's, our family. That's for the all the dog lovers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be children. Mm-hmm. Cat yeah. people do not apply. Cat people don't come. Here's a, here's a question for you from Jeanette. Uh, yes. Her last name is like Fiorello or something. Not No relation to LaGuardia. But and that's for the uh, those 60 and up. Should an artist expect to get most of their profit from ticket sales or touring? I mean, from your perspective as somebody who's looking, who's dealing with agents and artists who are out trying to make money uh, touring. I'm not sure I understand the question. Of all the revenue streams of an artist. Well, first of all, the artist is getting paid a fee. Mm -hmm. And the ticket revenue streams may or may not have anything to do with his fee. Mm -hmm. If he's getting a flat fee all in, he's getting a check whether I make money or not. That check, he's being paid. So... You have to tour in order to get paid. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, the same thing. In terms of ticket revenue, if you have a back-end deal, you're going to make more money in a particular venue than you would maybe if the, there were fewer tickets sold. So so do people come up, just like here we are at WPSC, Brave New Radio on Music Biz 101 and more. And people are always coming to Rob Quick, who runs the station, Get my, how can I get my music on the radio? And then do you get people who come up to you, hey, man, I'm in, they don't call you man, but hey, I, I got my band. Maybe we can play at your, at your place. All you the know, time, you go, every and, day. <laughs> and, and what do you, how do you explain that? Because there are a lot of DIY people listening things. Yes, yes. How could I get and play a 900 Okay, here, here's one thing that some artists who don't have a name and are just trying to break in may 
open for another act, or mm-hmm. they may, may, you know, we won't, may not put them there. Are, we've had some openers. Generally, when I'm dealing with a national touring artist, the agent and it, it's the artist has to approve the opener. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't just put an opener on. You have to have to run it by the agent. He has to check with the artist. Um, in some situation, you know, and in that case, if the or sometimes the artist wants an opener because there are artists who actually really believe in passing it on mm-hmm. and want to mentor people mm-hmm. and want to, so they will say, so and so is going to, I want an opener. It's going to open for me. And you have to come up with a couple hundred dollars or whatever it is for the opener. But mm-hmm. in the situations where the artist says that, yes, you can have someone playing in the lobby, which is not necessarily opening for them on the stage, sometimes we have music in the lobby as our audiences are coming in. Mm-hmm. And we may not pay you for it, but you will get some exposure and that's another way to try to break in Mm -hmm. see if you can do something that's kind of outside of the confines of the theater so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like trying to get your music on the the answer that dr rob quip gave about getting your music here was be creative you know don't just hey put me put me on it's (laughs) give you pitch you basically here's what i suggest that's sort of out of the box and here's why it can work for you different reasons uh, or just taking a look at someone's season and okay and and figuring out you know what this is kind of the music i play would fit really well with the audience and with the the artist who's coming in and 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 i think the audience it would work for them what do you think Mm -hmm. we will think about it we will look at it that's Mm -hmm. good to know and there are more things to talk about but steve marconi we've actually run out of time we have run out of time and maybe we should do the promo promoting the theme song contest is that possible on the way out <laughs> as he does that uh we can do that and then we want to thank jane stein executive yes. director for it's a blast guys thank you very much thank you carrie keller thank you again thank you for coming here dr c marconi thank you very much i'm gonna go home and, call and tweet you in a hurry i know you're gonna st- we're gonna leave the contest open for the next hour we will i'm getting okay? two tickets so, so i don't understand and then philip gorhovsky you are awesome thank you very much for being our producer are you ready to send that promo after what after this song yeah then we're gonna play this promo so it's just totally cool so you're listening to dire straits but you've been listening to music biz 101 and more tweet us every day of the year at music biz 101 wp go to our website music biz 101 wp.com listen to the mobile stitcher.com and next wednesday we have next wednesday we have sean gilday rachel hill of blue raven artist entertainment it's another can't miss episode Great. Thank you again, Jane. Thank, thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Bill. Yeah.